for our meditation this morning comes from Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians from chapter 2. He writes, by inspiration of the Spirit, but we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. This is the word of our God. I know it feels like forever ago, but uh, back in the middle of December, before Christmas, doesn't it feel like forever ago? I preached a sermon from 1 Thessalonians. And since it probably feels like forever ago, and you probably don't remember anything about that sermon, and that's okay, let me remind you of what's going on here in Thessalonica that Paul wrote two letters. Paul and his helpers went to Thessalonica and shared the gospel, but because of persecution and difficulty, they had to leave in about, after about two weeks' time. They had planted the word there. Some people, by the grace of God, the work of the Holy Spirit, had been brought to faith in Jesus as their Savior, but then they had to leave. And, and they wondered after, what, what happened to those Christians? Were they continuing in their faith? What were they going through with that persecution that these missionaries had suffered? And so Paul had sent Timothy back, his fellow pastor Timothy, to get a report on what was going on among the Thessalonians. And, and the report was good. They were growing in their faith. They were sharing their faith. They were thriving in spite and in the midst of that persecution and suffering. And that's what 1 Thessalonians was all about. That letter of encouragement to continue, to continue on in those truths and to grow in them. And so Paul writes a second letter of follow-up, 2 Thessalonians, when he learns more about what's going on in that congregation. And it's another very, very encouraging letter overall. But yet there's some warnings. This section that we're looking at this morning, verses 13 to 17 of chapter 2, is basically right in the middle of the letter. And just before this, at the beginning of the letter, Paul was warning about not being deceived by false teachers, but not being led away from the truth that they had come to know, that that was a real and clear and present danger for them, to not be deceived and led away. He, he warns them that God would take care of their enemies, that they didn't have to be concerned about that suffering and that persecution and what was going to happen, that God in the end will take care of those who were causing them all this trouble. Just after this section, Paul warns some of the Christians in the church, be careful of idleness. You who are just taking advantage of other people, right? The kind of people who just, you know, the warning of, you know, just going to church and just leaving and taking advantage of everything that the church offers, but not serving, not giving, not supporting that idleness of, in their faith. He warned against that. And then also on the other side, he warns against busybodies, those who are just busy to be busy. And it's about a show and, and who's going to notice my, what I'm all doing. 
You've got these warnings, these encouragements in their faith. And right here in the middle, these five verses we have before us. In the face of all of these things that might be discouraging to these Christians, these great words of great encouragement come. And maybe you know what it feels like to be in the Thessalonian spot. Maybe you know what discouragement feels like too. Maybe it's different things than them, but, but you know discouragement, don't you? You look at the, the way our society is going, you look at the state of our world, and it can feel pretty discouraging, can't it? Maybe, maybe your own life. You look at how your job is going. Your career path is not what you thought it would be. The advancements that you were hoping were going to happen just aren't happening, and it can be discouraging, can it? Maybe it's your health. Right? You got the not-so-good report from your doctor, but you've been trying harder. Right? You've been exercising, you've been eating better, but those numbers just aren't changing at all. It's discouraging, isn't it? So many things in this life can discourage us. Sometimes it's people. People who let us down. People who are supposed to be there for us. People we should be able to count on and trust. They don't. It's discouraging, isn't it? And maybe if you're like me, one of the biggest sources of discouragement in your life is yourself. Now, as a Christian, you know how God wants you to live. You know how you want to live as a Christian. But what does your life look like? Very often it's the good I know I want to do, I don't do. The evil I don't want to do, that, that's what I end up doing. And it's discouraging, isn't it? How easily we become discouraged in so many areas of our life. But in the middle of it all, God's voice shouts out words of encouragement to you. That these words of encouragement were not just for these Christians 2,000 years ago. They speak today. These living words of God speak words of encouragement to you today. As you face all these discouragements in life. It's probably important for us to define what that means to encourage or to be encouraged. We use that word a lot. We know that word very well. But if we go to the original language here and we look at what does that word mean, it in the original language, it literally means to come alongside somebody, to call someone to your side with the purpose of giving courage, of giving comfort, of cheering, to bring someone alongside and say, I need some courage. I need some cheering up. I need some comfort calling someone to your side to do that. That's what encouragement really is. And that's what our God does for us. This section here that we're looking at is just absolutely loaded with encouragement for you, dear Christian, who so easily gets discouraged in this life by all sorts of different things. Just listen again. He says, you, brothers and sisters, are loved by the Lord. Just think about that for a moment. You are loved by the Lord. 
God loves you. Yes, you. You, who he chose to be the first fruits of those he would save. Think about that. God chose you. You think, why would God choose someone like me? I mean, you know your sins. And God knows your sins even more than you do. You forget them. He knows them all. But he chooses you. He chooses to save you. And the way he chooses to save you is not through giving you a plan and how to get right with him. He doesn't give you this list of things to do so that you can earn his love, so that you can work towards his forgiveness and salvation. No, he chooses to save you through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the tr truth. He sends his Holy Spirit to sanctify you. And what that word sanctify means is he brings you to faith. And then he wants to keep you in that faith. He gives you the ability to believe that your salvation is already accomplished through your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That it is not something you have to do. It's not something you have to earn. It's not something you could ever deserve, but it is a, something that's already done. He says, you were called to this through our gospel. Gospel is good news. Good news of something that's already accomplished, something that's already completed, and that is you have a Savior who lived for you the perfect life that you're unable to. He died for you for all of your sins. That punishment you deserved was placed on him. He rose for you to assure you that death is not the end for you, that the grave doesn't have to cause you any fear, that there is something after this life for you that is waiting. God loved you. He chose you. He saved you. He sanctifies you. He brings you to faith in this truth. And he wants to keep you in this truth so that you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants you to share in his glory. He wants you to be in that glory right now and that glory forever. Dear friends, in the face of all of the discouragements of life, how can this not be an encouragement? That the almighty God, the all-knowing God, all-powerful God, loves you, chose you, saved you, sanctifies you, longs for you to share in his glory. And these truths, dear Christians, are what give us as Paul writes here, eternal encouragement. An encouragement that lasts forever. That lasts into your eternal life with him. And that right now can encourage you, as he ends, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. These truths that he wants to continue to bring to your heart and to your mind and to your soul that he wants to fill your life with, this encouragement in the face of all of these discouragements. It's yours. Just, just consider for a moment that these truths, what God has done for you, what God declares you to be, what God promises to you, these, these encouragements that you receive, this, this hope, this certainty, your confidence, what this means as you go through these earthly discouragements. 
When you look at the state of our world and you look at, at the way our society is going, and that can be so discouraging, your God comes to you and says, it's okay. I got this. It's under my control. Nothing happens outside of my power. I am ruling and reigning for your good. What an encouragement in the face of all of this discouragement. When people in your life let you down and discourage you, when they don't keep their promises, when they don't keep their word, when people who should be there for you or they're not, what's the encouragement that your God gives you? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I'm there with you to empathize with you when you're feeling lonely and sad. I'm there to always fulfill every single one of my promises. When it comes to your life and the health issues you might be facing or the, the job struggles and the discouragement that might be causing you and weighing on your heart, what promises does our God give you to encourage you? I'm upholding you in my righteous, omnipotent hand. I'm there to carry you through those rivers, to walk with you through any fire, to supply you with everything you need for every day. My goodness and mercy never fail. My compassions are new every morning. And those times when you discourage yourself, discouraged by your own actions, your own thoughts, when you want to live as God has called you to, but you just continue to fail over and over and over, no matter how hard you try, God says to you, comes and brings you his encouragement. Dear son, dear daughter, in Christ, you are enough. In Christ, all of your inadequacies, all of your failures are taken away. And you are holy in my sight. Wash clean of all of your sins. Clothed in the righteousness of your Savior. An heir of eternal life. And dear son, dear daughter, I love your striving. I love your desire to live for me. And that's why I come alongside of you and continue to sanctify you. I continue to renew you. I continue to mold you and fashion you into my likeness. What encouragement that our God comes and continues to give over and over and over. Encouragement that he gives you in this word and in this sacrament as often as you need it. You know, in the Bible... There are more, in the new, just the New Testament alone, there are more than 30 times that we are told as Christians to encourage one another or we have examples of Christians encouraging one another. It's a pretty important thing, isn't it? To be encouraged and to give encouragement because of all the discouragements that we all face. And that's why we're here, aren't we? We are here to be encouraged with this good news. We're here to be encouraged through word and sacrament to focus us back on our God and who he is. And he loves us. He's chosen us. He's sanctified us. He's saved us. He longs for us to share in Jesus' glory. 
That's what we're here for, to be encouraged. But we also come to encourage one another. That's why we gather together. That's why we don't do this alone, just sitting in our homes all by ourselves. We come together to encourage one another with the word. It's why we go and we encourage our fellow Christians to be here, to gather with us, to receive the sacrament with us. It's what we do as a church. It's really what makes us who we are. We gather around word and sacrament to be encouraged in our faith. As I said at the beginning of the service, uh, this is uh, our annual review of our mission as Heritage Lutheran Church. What we have said that we are here to do, the mission that God has given us here in Gilbert, Arizona. And today that focus is that we are here to grow in our faith. We are here to grow in our knowledge of God's saving love for us. We are here to grow in that grace that he has shown us through Jesus Christ. And that happens, dear Christians, as we gather around this word. And that's why this time here on Sunday morning is so precious to us. It's why you hear and get emails and encouragements from your elders and and, and from me to be here, to be gathered here around the word, to be gathered with your fellow Christians, to gather to receive that sacrament. It's why we have so many Bible studies throughout the week, so you can be encouraged in your faith. It's why you are encouraged to be in the word at home. It's why we mail you those meditations, devotion books, so you can use those at home with your family. Because this is who we are. Not just heritage, but as Christians. It's what we do. We, be, we are encouraged by these promises that God gives us. Encouragement for our faith, for living our Christian life, for our eternity that God gives us is so vital. Because, dear Christians, you know that these discouragements don't stop. These discouragements that you face are going to continue throughout your earthly life. And the only thing to get you through... The only thing to lift you up and to bring you that courage and that comfort and that cheer that you need is to come alongside your Savior and hear about him again and what he's done for you. To come up here and receive his very body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins and the strengthening of your faith. As Paul writes here, so then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to these teachings. These teachings that we know by God's grace, this word and this sacrament that we have and hold in trembling hands and say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Let me know your love. Remind me that you have chosen me, that you are sanctifying me, that I'm yours now and forever. Dear Christian, continue to be encouraged by your God. He longs to give you all these blessings and more. And he will do it.